Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strife's Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife, and this week we're going to start our Halloween-adjacent material. So we're going to have a couple of anime reviews, and we're going to have a video game review coming in between them. However, to start off, I'm going to describe Helsing and Helsing Ultimate. For there are two versions. And when talking about vampires and stuff in general, I wouldn't say Helsing is my favorite property. Um, I'm always going to be a sucker for Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, because that was one of the first few animes that I saw. This one I watched on Netflix back when they were giving out DVDs, of all things. God, it feels so long ago. But that was done. Way back in 04, for me, the original version was actually in 01. I couldn't believe it. I didn't think it went that far back, because it actually looks really freaking good, even by uh, 2001 standards. Um, the other version of it was released about five years later and followed the manga a lot more closely. Took a lot longer to complete, mostly like one or two episodes a year. And that was Helsing Ultimate. Now, I'm going to review both of them, because you can't really review one without the other, because I don't think either of them are perfect. And I think both have strengths and weaknesses. I think Helsing Ultimate is considered the stronger show, and I would agree. At the same time, I'm going to do my best to tell people that not all it's cracked up to be, in a way... Because there are things about the O1 version that you can still take from and enjoy. And this also extends to something like Fullmetal Alchemist. I haven't done the reviews for Fullmetal Alchemist or Brotherhood yet, but I will whenever I can be bothered to watch an anime that long again. But that'll be saved for another day. But a lot of the things that go into Brotherhood and to Helsing Ultimate fair, you know, are fairly similar. So I will do my best to not just destroy the original version, but also not just endlessly praise Ultimate. Because again, I don't think anything is perfect, and I hope people can understand that just because popular opinion would say Helsing Ultimate's better, doesn't mean that everybody thinks that way. And there's one particular reason why Helsing Ultimate falls a little flat. Um, but I do have to start, as I usually do, with plot and characters. We'll start with characters first. Because a lot of them are the same. There are a couple that are um, OVA only, O1 only. There's one or two that are um, Ultimate only. And I will try to make the, de uh, the designation when that happens. It's mostly in a couple of the villains and maybe a couple of the allies. But I'm not going to spend all the time going over like little differences here and there. That's not what I tend to do. This is not like some deep dive. But when we start talking about Helsing, we have to begin and end with Alucard. Voiced by Crispin Freeman. Because holy fucking crap. He is one of the best characters in anime, period. Much like somebody like Spike Spiegel or Faye Valentine, basically the cast of Bebop, take your pick, um, the major from Ghost in the Shell, Alucard is in that tier of character. 
And he was from day one. Because his whole thing is he's basically immortal. He cannot be killed or seemingly cannot be killed by normal means. Even going by vampire standards. Alucard regularly comes up as like the mostly stupidly overpowered thing in existence. And that is a wide breath to cover when you're considering stuff like Dragon Ball Z and um, other things of that nature where power levels are everything. I personally have not seen anything so stupidly overpowered as Alucard just saying nope to whatever the fuck he wants to do. It also helps that Crispin Freeman, and again, as I always do, I think on the English version, because that's the one I, I grew up with and I watch. Um, Freeman, well-regarded, is one of the best dub actors on, on the planet, with good reason. Because even with his low register and, you know, dark, you know, hefty voice, he takes it to another level with this, because he just revels in the fact that he is unkillable. He revels in the fact that he can fuck with people. He, he just enjoys the it's like he's just toying with his victims and you can hear that in his voice because that's exactly what he's doing whether he's using his vampiric powers or his guns with been blessed by holy silver and other junk like that he is just on another level above the other level this is, hey, I'm Brock Lesnar in WWE sort of thing. This is the Undertaker at WrestleMania, to pardon the phrase, you know, that sort of thing from wrestling. That's the level of shit we're dealing with when you're dealing with Alucard. I know those sound like goofy references, but anybody who knows, knows what the hell I'm talking about. So how do you deal with him? Well, there are different types of ways they try to deal with him. But at the same time, he is in a servant relationship, somehow. But we'll get to that when we get to that. In the first episode of both shows, he takes over and basically becomes master of a person known as Saris Victoria, whom he dubs Police Girl, voiced by K.T. Gray. Her whole thing is she was up Shit's Creek in a place known as Cheddar. She was trying to fight off waves of zombies, ghouls, vampires, basically. Was almost captured and turned into a vampire. Only Alucard gave her a choice and said, I can make you a vampire myself and then save you from this situation. And then, so he shot the dude that was trying to eat her. So she's become servant to Alucard and in the original version she takes a more sympathetic role and she actually takes like pinpoint as far as characters go because Alucard is the ever-present threat and the ever-present person that gets shit done but what you see in the original version is Sarah's getting a lot of the screen time because you're seeing her change and having to deal with not only being a new vampire who should be above humans but she also has to be subservient to the organization of Helsing. In the ultimate version, she does that a little bit, and she plays it for comedic effect, but not really. What you see is what you get. She's the servant, and she shoots the shit out of shit with a giant fucking gun. So that's what she does in both versions. She 
she shoots shit with a giant fucking gun. Every so often, she'll show off some vampiric powers, but most often, she just tears shit up with a giant fucking sniper rifle or big fucking cannon, whatever suits her. Um, as far as Alucard's actual master, you have... And let me see if I've got this name correctly, because it changes between versions. Sir Integra Fairbrook Wingates Helsing, voiced by Victoria Harwood. And in both versions, she is nasty. She is the person that sits at the desk and just belittles anyone beneath her, because she is above it all. She is one of those commanding presences that just takes no shit. Which is a good counterpoint to the villain in Ultimate, but at the same time, because she is a good person, so to speak, knowing that she has Alucard on her side, we kind of sympathize with her whole thing. And besides, she's protecting England, basically. So the whole idea is she stumbled across Alucard in a basement of Helsing headquarters when she was about to get offed by, I believe, her uncle. She was told by her... Uh, late father that hey i've got something in the i've basically got something in the freezer that you're gonna want to find turned out to be alucard and he just went apeshit and whether you read it in the manga or you read both or you watch both versions of the anime it's pretty fucking gruesome but integra's whole thing is she leads the helsing organization she is the face of it but she knows that alucard and now saris are kind of the heavy hitters she is seconded by Walter Donnes, um, voiced by Ralph Lister. And Walter Donnes does this thing where he's, um, he was one of the first characters I ever saw to do that. It's called Razor Floss. I actually looked this up today. Not because I was doing this today, but just because I was curious. And then people on Reddit told me it was called Razor Floss. It's the idea that people pull shit out of their fingers and it's razor wire or garrot wire or webbing and shit. Basically, you can do that shit. He was the first guy that ever saw that shit. If you've ever seen stuff with razor wire killing through dudes or restraining dudes, that's his whole thing. And he does it well. But he's Alfred, for lack of a better term. He is Integra's Alfred. And he does his job well. He also serves as a point person for Saris because Alucard usually can't be bothered. And he's the nice face to Integra's basically not nice face. And in the ultimate version, you have Pip uh, Bernadette, or Bernadette, however they want to pronounce it, voiced by Yuri Lowenthal. In the ultimate version, he's basically uh, the commanding officer. They had another one in the O1 version, who is an older dude. This guy's more of a gung-ho cowboy kind of dude, and he doesn't wholly do a whole lot, but he's a nice enough guy that's kind of like, ah, let's go kill shit! We'll go, we'll go do it! And they do it. The main antagonist, and I do say main because it's funny because he's never really considered the main antagonist, but judging by his power level, he totally is, in both versions, is Alexander Anderson voiced by Steve Brandt. His whole thing is he works for an anti-Helsing organization, anti-vampire organization from the church called Iscariot. He has these, like, crazy fucking bayonet-looking sword things that he just fucking smashes and swipes and stabs things with. And then, you know, magical scrolls and all this other shit, but he can also regenerate. And in Ultimate, they take it to an extreme 
extremely fucking weird ass level in the last episode. I won't spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it, but yeah, Alexander Anderson is great. And the fact that he can handle Alucard like nobody can says a lot. Is he the main villain? No. Should he be? Yes. Is he considered the main villain anyway? Yes. So it doesn't matter. Because the main villains in both of these shows kind of suck. So Alexander Anderson is awesome by comparison. But I'll get it out of the way. Um, the main villain in the original version is something known as Incognito. It's voiced by Isaac Singleton uh, Jr., his whole thing is he doesn't look like a vampire. He looks more like a voodoo priest zombie dude. But he's basically at the same level, so he says, as Alucard. And his whole thing is he's been implanting a lot of these weird microchips. And this is where I'm going to divulge information in the plot. So his version, the O1 version, is he implants a whole bunch of stuff into these rando people and they become vampires basically microchips so you get all this weird shit like people are in snuff films people are just dying everywhere like people are taking organizations over because they're turning into ghouls they're turning into vampires because of these freak chips that exist and it's a helsing's job to figure out who's doing it why they're doing it fend off iscariot in the process and deal with this incognito thing which shows up way late and I like Incognito a bit, but he doesn't really do much. He's just kind of there as, I'm the big bad guy, you know. That being said, he is better than the Helsing Ultimate. And I can't, you know, and people are going to laugh at me and say, you know, think I'm stupid or think I'm crazy. But no, I think Incognito is fine. I don't think he's great, but when you compare it to what the other guy is whatever and I'll, I'll tell me why when I get, get to that but the idea is a lot of the stuff for like five or six episodes in 01 stays the same in Helsing for like the first two or three episodes and then shit just goes into a weird ass direction with Ultimate because that's where the manga continued so they, they waited until the manga ended in like 2007, 2008 and started releasing stuff, Helsing Ultimate, almost yearly, and they finished the story. Helsing, the original, prided itself on slow build. A lot of the stuff with Saris is taken as kind of main character stuff because you're seeing it from her perspective. It's almost like Tita's joining Yuna's journey in Final Fantasy X, for lack of a better term. Um, she is the fish out of water trying to learn all this shit, and you actually get a slow-moving, slow-building show, and you're doing these missions to, you know, does she want to kill? Does she want to drink blood? Does she want to go through this stuff? And the show prides itself on being slow. If you've seen FMA 03... That was the same thing they did. And again, they were different shows made by different people doing different things, but they ended up kind of in a similar situation, both outclassed, supposedly, by their successors. FMA did the same thing. They would take an episode and 
they would let it breathe. They would give you some time to breathe. And this is pronounced with Helsing 01, where you have the Valentine Brothers, voiced by Patrick Sates and Josh Phillips, taking over the Helsing organization, eating the fuck out of the dudes, and then having them just raffle stomp their way through things. In Helsing Ultimate, everything that happens in about five to six episodes in the original happens in one. One big OVA, or two. I believe the uh, first three episodes are done in one giant OVA, and then the Luke Valentine, Ian Valentine stuff is done in the second episode. So, a lot of the stuff gets covered really fucking quick. Which is fine, but do we know anything about these characters? Not really. In this, in the first show, you're able to just kind of dig in and and take in some of the some of the worry and regret and some of this other shit that Saris is going through. You get to kind of wander around the city, seeing her thoughts in action, figuring out what the fuck's going on from her perspective. Is it the best method? I'm not sure. But to me, I personally like that. And, and I'll contrast that with FMA 03. Um, again, not spoiling this bit because it's a very, very um, n- notorious section in FMA. But I will set the stage. Basically, a couple episodes in, Ed and Al are taking an exam for their thing, right? And they go into the house of a only dad and his daughter and their dog. And in the original, get two episodes with it. You get to do stuff on the side and have fun with it and whatever. Was it part? Was it all part of the manga? No, maybe not. But you get all these little things. You get to see these two characters and build these two characters. And they have a second episode. And then stuff happens. Right? In Brotherhood, that shit happens in one episode. So they condense it. And yes, I can understand the whole idea of just get shit out of the way and get moving to something else, because that's part of the manga, sure. But there's something to be said for having little moments that breathe. Helsing is the same way. I tend to be of the belief that you can let things breathe. You can let people be people you can let characters be characters even in a b-movie schlock horror vampire dingy gore fest like helsing there's something to be said for letting a character talk about themselves or or talk amongst each other about their mission and their insecurities because you don't really have that with ultimate and i'll go over that when we get to ultimate because, again, am I saying it's better? Not really. Am I saying it's worse? No. I'm saying it's in interpretation. I would rather prefer the slower build and do it that way. That being said, that does also mean you're still building to 13 episodes, and the fact that you're going super slow means that you're not going to get through as much content. So you might end up stretching and make a filler episode or something, and that might piss some people off. Fair enough. The villain incognitos, 
just there. He's an imposing figure, but nothing you haven't seen before. So then you go a few years later, and you get to Helsing Ultimate. Fits the manga f- more, because they had the time to actually finish it. Um, I The soundtrack is a lot more classical music-oriented. There's a lot more bombastic fight scenes. In fact, this, this show is all about the fighting. Saris basically gets nothing. She's just there to be a gun. You know, all that stuff about her learning about bloodshed. You probably get over that in a scene or two, and then it's just bang, 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 bang. We need to kill stuff. We need to kill stuff. We need. To... There's more to it than that. It's very complicated and very um, weird when it gets to the end and how they're trying to stop Alucard because how do you fucking stop him? But again, my main issue with Ultimate, aside from the fact that it's very fucking fast and you don't get a lot of time to breathe because you're usually going villain of the day plus the main villain doing a thing. You have what I consider one of the main flaws in villain types I've ever seen, and this is something that's happened recently. I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm saying that as a trope, I've seen it a lot, and I've grown to despise it, and I don't like it in Helsing either because it is such a gory show and it is a show don't tell sort of thing. A lot of Helsing Ultimate revolves around Millennium, this group of Nazis that is trying to take over England and basically based on a grudge of World War II. So they become vampires and just weirdo zombie fuckers that do all this crazy shit, you know. Whatever superpower you could think of, they probably got it. Leading them is the Major, Gildart Jackson. And the Major is every Hitler, German, Nazi stereotype. Whatever, you know, that voice. So basically, whatever. Um, At time of recording, I've done some episodes as Franziska von Karma, so whatever, you know. Am I saying my interpretation of German is better? No. <laughs> but think the German accent, you know that guy. So he takes like five or ten different people of whatever superpower you can think of, including one known as Schrodinger, voiced by Laura Bailey, who is integral. Who is integral to his plot. The idea is he has a grudge against Helsing and Integra in general. His idea is to cause so much fucking mayhem and chaos at Helsing and London in general that Alucard lets his guard down, and then Schrodinger can kind of infect or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. That's where it leads, sort of. But then there's other things that go on there, so I'm not going to fully spoil. Where this show fails, and again, your mileage may vary, is that the Major does nothing he does nothing but talk he sits in a chair and talks if you've ever heard the phrase loves to hear themselves speak that's this is the anime equivalent of that whoever wrote this and whoever wrote the the manga version that it was based on let's love this guy to an nth degree because he does nothing 
his subordinates do all the killing. They do all the work. They do all the annoying shit. They do absolutely nothing. I mean, they do all the legwork so he can sit in a chair and wax poetic about his philosophies or what he's going to do to Integra or whatever. And yes, you could say Integra does the same thing. But when push comes to shove and when she has to rally the troops, she does that. So you at least kind of respond to, okay, rah, rah, I get that, that's cool. I'd want her to do something a little more dangerous so Alucard wouldn't have to. But again, same rules apply. Integra and the Major are whom I would consider mastermind villains. And again, this is a personal nitpick, so bear that in mind when I describe this. They are people that are the big bads of a piece. A movie, musical, TV show, anime, whatever. They are the guys that do everything from behind the scenes. The cloak and dagger guys that just sit there and you know they're there. And they're the Blofelds, okay? That's kind of what they're going for. But they don't do anything. They have everybody else do something. And what you're supposed to feel, and what I used to feel, was that the Blofelds, the Majors, the Dr. Robotnik in the Satin AM cartoon, you know, that sort of thing, they would sit in a chair and they'd be all maniacal and you'd be threatened by them and it would be so amazing and whatever. And then maybe they'd do something at the end? Maybe? But I never felt like they did anything. Because they always lay traps. They always, they, they never do anything. To me, the strongest villains are not just guys that have the screen presence. They're the people that actually do something. It reminded me of a character in Xenosaga. When I get to Xenosaga, the same thing happens. The final big bad of that is some dude in a chair. You're telling me I spent three games to do this and that was my reward? No. What I want is Kefka blowing shit up. What I want is Kuja blowing shit up in Final Fantasy. Arden in Final Fantasy XV going out and stabbing people. I want people that actually look threatening, feel threatening. Not just saying they're going to do something. Actually threatening people. Pointing a gun at somebody. Taking them prisoner. And like torturing them and shit if you're gonna be fucking big bad do something you want to know why alexander anderson is like heavily regarded as an awesome antagonist is because he's fighting alucard every goddamn second he is there he's not hiding away sometimes he's called off because he's not like the main guy calling the shots but when push comes to shove he's always there doing the deed and every so often, if you're going to be that sort of mastermind, you have to at least have a show of strength. I said this with um, Psychopaths way back last year. Uh, Shogo Naka, uh, Nakashima, or whatever his name was. Same idea. He would kind of sit in a chair and do a thing. But there were little, little instances here and there. Like, every so often, like every couple of episodes, even though he was sitting there from behind the scenes... 
Every so often, he'd fight off a wave of dudes, or he'd do some maniacal thing, or he'd meet somebody and just go, nope, not part of my plan. Dump them in something, you know, that sort of thing. So he veered away from that sort of thing, and it became, he was an actual threat. He actually did the heinous acts that he's purporting that other mastermind characters say they will do, but they leave other people to do it. And, and I hope that makes sense. Helsing Ultimate really kind of struggles because it doesn't give you any time to breathe, but despite all of the crazy awesome bloodshed that happens, none of it seems to lay at the feet of the Major, because he himself never seems to actually do any of the things that get their hands dirty. So, again, whether it's implied or not, he just doesn't really cut it as a villain. And I think that's one of the things you have to go into knowing Helsing Ultimate, is just because it was written as a manga doesn't mean it's perfect. Okay? Just because it follows a manga doesn't mean it's perfect. And I, and I want to say that right now, just so people you know, listening can understand, I have my reasons for thinking that Fullmetal Alchemist 03 or Helsing 01, you know, Incognito's similar, but still has time where he's actually fighting Alucard himself. You know, he's threatening people himself and doing some dangerous things. So even though he wasn't that great of a villain, it still had some more impact for me. And again, I personally like having a slower building, um, nuance-filled show. If you want something slower building, go for Helsing 01. If you want something, you know, with that more human element, I suppose, go for Helsing 01. If you just want, hey, I want this to be a one-to-one -one retelling of the manga that I grew up reading or whatever, boom, Helsing Ultimate. If you want it to be a balls-to-the-wall action, gore-fest, Helsing Ultimate. But I hope people can understand that with both Helsing and Fullmetal Alchemist, just because something follows the manga, it, do it does not mean it's perfect. If what you're looking for was that one-to-one -one retelling, much like Final Fantasy Remake, if what you wanted was a full-on retelling of the original game, you were disappointed. If you felt it, it felt like it was fan fiction, because I've heard that same problem. Again, it's not for you. I tend to think if you're going to deviate from something, maybe you won't stick the landing. Maybe, you know, and I'm not saying that Helsing sticks the landing perfectly. I don't think Fullmetal Alchemist does either. But I don't think they're so awful that they should be dismissed outright to the point where Fullmetal Alchemist, you can't even find the OG version, the O3 version on Funimation or Crunchyroll or even Netflix anymore. I used to be able to watch those on Netflix. You can't. Your option is left to, oh my god, I watched it as a kid, or oh my god, I have a DVD of it way back, or oh my god, I watched Brotherhood. If you wanted something slow building, fuck off. I think there's something to be said for wanting to see every scene the same way, how it was done, as the writer intended or had written. But I don't think it's such a sin that you can deviate and tell a story. 
I don't think Helsing 01 and Fullmetal Alchemist 03 are that bad. In fact, I think they're really fucking good at what they're trying to do. Slow, methodical, character-driven narratives rather than, oh god, we have a bunch of action, let's go. Because you get a different feel. And again, I think with Helsing 01, there's still something to be gained from watching both. Because you get a different experience. You're not replacing one or the other. So, at the end of the day, whatever version you like is whatever version you like. I think you're fair if you think one is better, but I also think you're drawing the wrong conclusion if you think unequivocally this is better. No, you shouldn't watch one because the other one exists. No. You can calm down and say, okay, I like this, and here's why. Hopefully that comes across, and again, that's why I do these kinds of podcasts, is I want to play devil's advocate sometimes and give reasons why nothing is perfect. But that'll do it for me this week. Next week is Silent Hill 2, talking about things that had multiple versions of it. We're going to talk about Silent Hill 2, the PS2 version, and the PS3 HD collection. Uh, I'm going to be in the same in a similar vein with that one because there are things I like about the HD version and things I don't. Doesn't mean that the original doesn't exist. After that, Ghost Stories. I rewatched Ghost Stories, had a whole lot of fun. I still remember it and I'm glad I rewatched it. So we'll get to Ghost Stories after Silent Hill 2. In November, we'll be getting back to regularly scheduled things. We'll be doing the SNES Grab Bag. Just a series of SNES or Genesis in some cases, but games I normally played on the SNES. Just a list of like 20 or 25 games, rapid fire, give or take an hour, just talking shit about games that don't really need their own separate podcast. Maybe a couple, but... Just a lot of stuff I remember playing or did like or didn't like, really didn't like in some cases, and liked even worse when I was rewatching the footage. Hooray for YouTube. I love you. Sometimes. But again, think of this as kind of a drunk drawer kind of kind of episode. Things I can't make into a full episode, I just put into a grab bag and go. And then anime, we're gonna be doing spice and wolf. Spice and Wolf is fun, and I love it, and I'm glad that they're going get to get another season because they never finished it, and that sucks. But hopefully now, because it's been a decade or so, they brought it back. Hopefully, they get to finish it. And it, the original still holds up so well in such a unique fashion. It's such a thing that I really want to watch and really want to dive back into. Having rewatched it, I can certainly say it still holds up even a decade later. But that'll do it for me. Hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, like, share, and subscribe. Just let people know if you liked it. Let me know anything you did like about it. Anyway, I'll see you guys next time. Citizen Strife, signing off.